and welcome back to the FPL Lounge podcast. We are back with our Game Week 36 preview, only three more game weeks to go in this season. My name is Chris Hopkins and I'm joined by the A-star to my A-12, it's Andy Case. Andy, that's a very niche little reference, but I'm going to let you explain why. Uh, well, I guess it's because Chris was stuck not being able to get on the A-12 to come and see me and my son Correct. earlier in the week. Um Correct. Behind a tractor, ironically. Um, the also, tractor boys always a hold stars in your time as well, I imagine. Uh, famously, famously received an A star, although, as you, are, as you are keen to tell me, wasn't just an A star, was it, in your drama with GCSE, Andy? No, and I'm sure this has been rolled out many times on the show. Lots of people get A stars, not many people get 100%, right? So it's Fact. not good enough to just say it was an A star. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I must have done marking tests and things giving people a stars yeah that'll have happened yeah yeah definitely. although i feel like an a star in in maths feels like quite hard hard to come by i mean i know that you would have of course got one um but yeah it feels like i mean oh, this is gonna this is gonna sound very you know michael gove-esque almost but it feels like they're harder to come by than an a star in say a humanities well there that is a Pandora's box you've opened it there, is, isn't it? controversial statement. It is. uh, one thing I will say to completely detract away from that uh, part of that, the conversation is you are aging us already because you probably yeah, are true. aware that, that, that it, it, certainly at GCSE level, at least anyway, they don't exist anymore. You can no, get, what they're still they're, letters. They're just numbers, aren't they? Or it's the... nine, yeah, nine to one. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's still letters at A level. Not as good, is it? Nine to one. It's not... No, it's, it's, yeah, well, it's again, it's it's silly, it's it's daft, really, uh, to change it all from what people knew and puts more pressure on kids because there's there's more, a star to G is like eight grades, whereas right. nine to one is is nine grades, so fewer people get a nine than used to get an A star, and so, so yeah, seven eight nine seven eight nine is the old A and A star, so there's three grades right. there where they used to be. I see. Two, yeah. Uh, Tory's gonna Tory. Right, quite, quite. I mean, we'll try not to turn this into a party political broadcast, even though we absolutely could. And I'm sure uh, we've alluded to a few things before. But but yeah, I guess the ultimate point was, yeah, I'd, I'd been, to, been to see Colchester in the last game of the season and was trying to get, I parked as close to the A12 as possible to try and get try and get up the, up the A12 uh, and then, then what, the A14 to see, to see Andy. But um, yeah, broken down tractor, uh, scuppered those plans on Bank Holiday Monday. Um, so I actually got home later than I would usually after a three o'clock kickoff and it was a 12.30 kickoff in League Two. So, yeah, not very fun. But, Andy, we do have we do have the opportunities to see each other this weekend because this is uh, the FPL Lounge Christmas. Well, yeah, well, yeah quite. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the, 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 the biggest event of the of the year that is that is Eurovision, of course. But I, I'm disappointed in myself, actually, because I usually before the show starts, I may, I make sure to check in with Chris that he's got something to say at the beginning. I did. And I absolutely wanted you to do something. I mean, there's so many opportunities this weekend, never mind the fact that we're meeting up, but Verka related or Lorene related, you know, like it could have been the Lorene to your something else, you know. Uh, loads. Uh, you're, uh, you're the uh, euphoria to my tattoo. Oh. Controversial. But, yeah, but true. Bang but on, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent bang on. And if anyone else gets this reference and hasn't turned our podcast off yet, you need to be our friend because you obviously are in the Venn diagram overlap of FPL and Eurovision. So you know, hit us up at FPL underscore lounge on Twitter or Instagram. 
And if you wanted to start a Eurovision podcast, we we could we could do that. We could, I mean, it feels like a lot more a lot more planning and a lot more time that we probably don't have. But yeah, I'm I think... gonna say uh, we know more about FPL than we do about Eurovision. Fact. There there are many people that know much more about Eurovision than we do. Yeah, but our takes on all things song contest related, I think, is give the people what they want, Andy. I think. Okay, well, here's my one take at this word. If I, I'm just going to say one word, yeah, Israel. Yeah, big fan. That's what I'm going to say. You big. can you make your own deductions. Right. Well, it's hard to know whether you're making a a positive or a negative thing. But you know, I know, I know that you've been going through the song, so I'm I'm, I'm guessing. I'm going to guess it's a positive, and and yeah, I'm not sure if I've given that one a listen yet. I think I have, but can't remember. I would say it's worth watching the video. Right, right. That usually in any case speak means something that we need. Yeah, that means something different, something, and it's usually an indication that we should probably move on and talk about the upcoming FPL game week, which obviously kicks off the same day as the Eurovision Song Contest. So, so yeah, we'll have you know get get, get the football out of the way, and then the real action can can begin Saturday night. Um, but we do have a pod to get through first, and we will start as we always do by running through those all important game week 36 fixtures. We'll have a quick chat about this week's talking points. We've got some new players on the radar and some movement from last week. Uh, we will be swimming against the tide this game week, and we'll finish as we always do with captaincy and who the heck is stat? Let's start then by running down those all important game week 36 fixtures. Your FPL deadline is this Saturday, the 13th of May at 11 o'clock. And that's because the lunchtime kickoff is Leeds versus Newcastle. Then we've got five three o'clock kickoffs. They are Aston Villa hosting Spurs, Chelsea playing Nottingham Forest, Crystal Palace against Bournemouth, Man United hosting Wolves and then Southampton playing Fulham. On Sunday, we've got Brentford versus West Ham, Everton versus Man City and Arsenal versus Brighton. A Monday night football of Leicester versus Liverpool with consequences at both ends of the table. And on Thursday, the 18th of May, an unusual Thursday fixture, creating a double game week for these two teams. It's Newcastle versus Brighton. So, yeah, Andy, I guess that that is the headline uh, in this double game week. Newcastle and Brighton both on the double. Newcastle playing Leeds away and Brighton at home. And then Brighton with two tricky away games, uh, Arsenal away and Newcastle away. Um, I guess we'll we'll come on to this on, on, on the radar, Andy, but... It does feel at this stage, you know, I, I guess Brighton's double this game week uh, is made all, I guess, all the better by the fact that they've got a double next game week too. So that's still um, still five fixtures in three game weeks for, uh, for, for for Brighton. But I guess there are going to be many, many FPL managers that have triple Brighton. Um, many FPL managers that are going to be looking to get, I guess, at least double Newcastle in for this game week. Um, that's almost half of I guess of a starting eleven taken up by by two teams. Obviously, they're playing against each other. Not everything can work out positively, I guess, in that sense. But ultimately, when it comes down to these double game week fixtures, it's all about that second roll of the dice, isn't it? And particularly those. I know we've had a conversation before we started recording about sort of the Brighton defensive double up that we've got with with Jason Steele and and Esther Pinyan. But I guess ultimately, even in a difficult set of double game week fixtures. It's just that there isn't a second chance for a clean sheet uh, or second chance for returns that, that that appeals this this time around. Yeah, it's one of those where often in a double game week, there'll be one team that you'd like lean towards more. But actually, obviously, both of these have been decent this season. So there will be many people that want arguably two or three from both, as, as you said. It, I mean, it kind of does seem nonsensical that we're 
that you you know a lot of people as we'll get onto in the radar are thinking about various Newcastle attacking assets but then also Brighton defensive assets I suppose that is like in some ways contradiction and I think in an ideal world personally my team wouldn't be set up with two Brighton defensive assets right now I don't think necessarily for me that's the ideal situation to be in but nonetheless I'm, I'm like definitely going to start them right because you've got the chance they might get a clean sheet and I suppose the positive way to look at it is like yeah they can't both benefit but if one of them does then then you know great I suppose you know you could have someone scores for Newcastle that you haven't owned and you don't get the attacking return or the defensive return. But like, yeah, you're getting double the appearance points, obviously, which always helps. Um, it kind of almost makes it like a mini return sometimes. I'm like, you know, as so long as they don't get completely battered or like Jason Steele did last week, score an own goal um, whilst conceding five and end up on minus points. You you know, a four pointer can, can, can feel like a return, can't it? Yeah, exactly. I think I think that's the point. I mean, yeah, I guess it does feel. You know, I've been I've been banging banging the drum for the Brighton defensive double up, um, more because of the guaranteed minutes than anything else. And then obviously they go and concede five against against a you know against a, a poor Everton side, but an Everton side that played very very well on on the day. Um, you know, Dwight McNeil turned into Lionel Messi, which was uh, bizarre to watch. But but yeah, I guess that makes us feel maybe perhaps a little bit worse about it. Had they ended up with a clean sheet, maybe we'll be we'd be feeling a little bit differently. Um, obviously, usually in our talking points, Andy, we're talking about Europe and and the impact that that's had. Uh, we're recording on Wednesday, so we haven't seen what West Ham do in the Europa Conference League. But obviously, we did watch uh, Man City in the Champions League last night, and I, and there was an interesting wrinkle, Andy. You know, they reverted very much back to what appears to be Pep's strongest or Pep's favourite eleven at the minute, but they didn't make any changes. So every City out, well, every City player. But in, especially the ten outfielders all played the full ninety in a very intense game against Real Madrid, where yeah, City particularly in the second half did not have it at all their own way. Um, they obviously have a, the second leg this coming Wednesday uh, and don't play in the Premier League until the Sunday. Um, so I guess we're going to see some rotation, and I guess there was no opportunity at all for some City players to to get any sort of minutes rest uh, in the Champions League. So yeah, I. I guess we're going to see a lot of rotation come come, uh, come the Everton game this Sunday, but we're just not sure how much and who. That That's exactly it. Yeah, I mean, intense game. They've got another intense game coming up. You'd think that where possible, Pep would probably try to manage the minutes of as many of those players as he, as he can. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that just... Pep Roulette is hard in a lot of weeks, but it just makes it really, really difficult with with City players this week. And there may be people thinking about, obviously, that's even more relevant because next game week, City have a double, right? So there may well be people who've like lined up hoping to use a transfer, maybe even this week on, on us with, with being a good fixture for them on, on a City player. The only thing I would add to what Chris said is that I, you know, obviously, if I'm being, this is being proper like Andy Case pedantic about it but I'd say Ake's in the in the in the strongest city team if he's fit mm. uh, which it which he wasn't um and that is something I suppose to to to, to note that we we don't and at this stage know exactly the um so you, you know he would have played he didn't does that mean he plays at the weekend we don't I don't think we're 100% sure on the exact state of his of his injury obviously only just come back from a slight like tight hamstring and and was it a reoccurrence of that or is there something worse going on would he risk him if he wants to try and play him in the in the second leg maybe there's lots of question marks there as well 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's uh, I think that's completely fair. All right, let's move on to the radar then, and with that double game week for them uh, this this time round, uh, Alexander Izak and Callum Wilson head into the centre of our radar, having been on the mid range last week, and this is. A bit of a difficult one, Andy, because I guess ultimately you're not going to go for both of these. You're going to go for one of them. Uh, they are both listed as forwards in the game. Callum Wilson slightly more expensive at 7.1 at the time of recording. Isaac is bang on the money at 7 million. Um, but there's so many factors in this decision making. But ultimately, it appears that one seems to have better minutes. Uh, the other one has better underlying numbers, um, especially per, per 90. But there are other things factoring into this decision as well. And uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty difficult, Andy, I think, isn't it? It's going to, to, to make this decision over which one of these Newcastle forwards to go to, because really both of them have have almost equal merit. Yeah, I think this is a really, really tight call this week. We, we, we've had to put them both on the centre, but ultimately not because we think you should get them both in your team, but because we definitely think one of them needs to be in your team. And, and we'd ideally prefer, I think, to be advocating for one more strongly here. But it's such a almost 50-50, which is also, which not only is frustrating in the first instance because you don't know who to pick, it has the double whammy of like whoever you don't pick then returning is even more frustrating um, because others in your mini league will might well likely have taken the other punt to you. So, yeah, frustra- I suppose that's one thing that we ha- haven't spoken about pre-pod, Chris and I, in that. Uh, maybe if if you're less worried about overall rank and more so about beating your mini league rivals, if for whatever reason some of them have brought in one of Isaac or Wilson in a previous week, maybe that's a decision making factor for you. You might want to, and you're trying to chase them. You might want to go for the other one, um, just for the sake of having a point of difference. But jet more generally speaking, rather than aiming to battle specific uh, people and, and 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 teams, yeah, I think. Expected minutes is definitely a key factor and underlying numbers, as Chris has mentioned. Um, but when we say expected minutes, you, you, there are only three game weeks left, right? And yes, Newcastle double now, but then they've also got Leicester and Chelsea in the last two game weeks. So likely you this person you want to pick, you want them for the whole rest of the season. I mean, even if you don't end up starting them for whatever reason, any person you bring in now, frankly, should be someone that you're thinking about having for the rest of the season otherwise why are you you could argue because there's only three game weeks left so yeah there's going to be a lot of talk about whether Isaac plays out left whether they just go with one striker and bring someone like an Almiron or some Maximan back in um and therefore if it is only one striker do they does who starts either or both of those games um but you cannot just like focus on on this game week. I guess you've got to try and think who might be um, better over the course of all three game weeks. I think on that basis, you'd argue Isaac is more likely to have more minutes than Wilson. In this individual game week, we're unsure. And I think we mentioned it last week, but at, at FPL Goat 7 on Twitter, um, spotted last time Newcastle played in a midweek that Callum Wilson seems to start all the midweek games for 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 Newcastle which is odd we don't know whether it's uh uh Isaac playing two games in a week thing or or what but it's more than coincidence because it's happened five times this season so um that would lead you to and obviously Wilson started through the middle in their last game against Arsenal albeit that Isaac did also start but but out left so 
that would lead you to think that Wilson might well start the the Brighton game at least through the middle and could also possibly start the Leeds the Leeds game um the first one in in this game week um with with Isaac being out on the left but but we just don't know for 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 sure so lots of things to consider i mean you could see you could see a route where Isaac and Wilson both continue to start for the rest of the season now arguably um you could also see another route where you know, you can make the argument it didn't really work for Newcastle against Arsenal. So does that mean you don't do it again? Or do you take it with a pinch of salt because it was against Arsenal who put in a good performance? We don't know what Eddie Howe's thinking is going to be on that on that front. So you could take that either way as well, which again, all of this is just kind of highlighting why this is such a difficult kind of 50-50 call. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's, I guess, nice, nicely summed up. Um yeah, it feels, it, yeah, it does feel incredibly difficult. I guess, I guess, you know, what we do know is that Howe has said that he can play Wilson and Isaac together. Not really, I guess, in a 4-4-2, as we say. That, that tends to mean that Isaac gets pushed out, out left. They've only started together once in the last sort of like 10, 10 or so games. And that was the most recent fixture. So it's hard to know, I guess, whether that was that game specific or if that's the start of a trend. And I guess if we knew it was the start of a trend, that might make this decision a little bit easier. But 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 we don't, frankly. And sample size of one isn't great. I guess what we also do know is that when Callum Wilson does come off the bench, his underlying numbers are really good. You know, he's got the second best non-penalty XG in the game in the last four and in the last six matches and has a, an xg per 90 of 0.98 so that's a goal a game basically when you know per 90 but in a lot of those games he's been getting 30 25 minutes so it's difficult to you know, rely on him I, you know, there there is there is a route here despite the, the 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 midweek starting pattern of him not starting either of these games and therefore you know 0.98 xg per 90 if he's not playing 90 minutes then is he going to get a return in that time and if he doesn't play that means he's he's through the middle and that boosts Isaac's underlying numbers and and, and Isaac's performances too so so yeah it is it is a difficult one to 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 to, to know about and i think Andy's key point really about expected minutes, not just in game week 36, but in for the rest of the season would possibly lean me towards Isaac. I mean, Isaac is one of them players as well. I think we've said this on the pop before, Andy, that is like our sort of player, like on the eye, very graceful, very elegant, attacking, not kind of in the Kai Havertz back to goal, looks a little bit languid and lazy mould. He, he's a bit far more energetic, but he just looks like a super, super player. Um, but then Wilson's proven Premier League goal scorer, and if he can stay fit, he's shown time and time again that he can get he can get goals. So it is a difficult one. Um, I guess the final thing maybe to say on this is that because Newcastle have the first fixture of the game week, we might have a team news leak before the deadline, which will set you up in good stead for the Leeds game, but doesn't tell you anything about the Brighton game. I think for me, if I find out that Wilson's starting 10 minutes before the deadline, he'd probably be the guy I'd favour. But if not, I think it would be Isaac. And therefore, but then I'm also putting a lot of faith in the FPL servers not crashing if I will leave my transfer till 10 minutes before the deadline. And, and also, you know, you might not want to do that because both of these players' price is probably going to rise between now and the deadline too. You know, if if money's tight, then then maybe you'll have to make a call sooner rather rather uh, than, than later. So yeah, it feels it feels tricky. 
I guess that's roughly where where I stand on it. But but yeah, yeah, Wilson's underlying numbers really appeal. But but you want him to be starting at least one of these, ideally two. And Isaac feels the better. I mean, I'd even make the argument, Andy, that even if Wilson starts two of these games, I'm not necessarily convinced he's the best call for the rest of the season. It might be the best pick for game week 36, but maybe isn't for the rest of the season. So that does make things really, really tricky. I suppose in Wilson's favour is the fact that it's very rare he doesn't at least come on, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and so he, even if he, if you find out he's not starting that first game, which I think could well, you could, if, if this midweek pattern is a thing, right, then maybe Wilson doesn't start the first game, but quite very possibly comes on at some point, right, and then may well start the second game and I think as you've just highlighted the underlying numbers like one thing we can another thing we can be definitive about is if if Wilson's on the pitch whenever that is off the bench or from the start he's playing as a central striker through the middle and hence probably why his underlying xg is is better than Isaac's because Isaac spends some time out on the left right um you also made the point to me before the show that that when Isaac's on the left it probably means Newcastle have a better left-sided player than when he's not Right. So that probably also benefits Wilson when he's through the middle. So basically, Isaac's ex mins being higher when some of that could be out left. How much does that actually help him um, versus Wilson will have more quality minutes, if you like, through the middle, quite possibly um, or as many. Um, yeah, that I suppose that's. Isaac won't definitely play through the middle. Wilson will if he's on the pitch. Is, is I suppose a definitive thing we can say. Um, I, 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 I really don't know where I, I come down on this. I think I'm actually leaning a bit more towards Wilson just because it feels like when he's on the pitch, you have a better chance of a return. Yeah. Um, but of yeah, obviously we we Isaac could well get significantly more time on the pitch, and that's thing that that's the thing that we ju- that we just don't. Know. This would be much simpler, I think, if we knew that. So they've got four games left this season, right? If if Isaac and Wilson were both starting two each of those four games, yeah, I think you'd probably lean Wilson. I think I'd even lean Wilson if he was starting three. And he's like, we're starting four, I think. I, 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 it's, yeah. it's just it's just when it gets into like two and he's like, starts all four. Like if they play two together and, and, and two is just Isaac, I think at that point, that's when it gets a bit tricky. And I think yeah. that's, what, that's what we don't know both in terms of Game Week 36. Like I'd imagine, well, I was going to say, I imagine we'll, we'll think Isaac starts all, all, all of them. We, we just, just don't know that because he hasn't started midweek. And, and yeah, you do wonder if that is a... You know, isn't quite fit enough you know, having had an injury early in the season to be playing two games in, in in a week so yeah it is tricky it is tricky I'm not really sure how much more we can say on this other than that we're both very confused but I guess we, you know, we've laid out the, the, the pros and cons and I think at this stage you know I'm, I'm, I'm very much sort of thinking I'm going to wait until getting a leak to make a decision but that in, in with itself comes with its own risk particularly um given the fpl servers haven't been all that reliable when we've had team news about harland not starting this season so yeah tricky one tricky one and um yeah good luck whatever decision uh, you end up making in it but yeah we definitely do think getting one of them in is very important um let's move outwards andy to the mid-range and i know we've spoken about brighton midfielders quite a lot on the pod but they have to be here again, obviously, with the, with their double. Um, 
no Solly March this time. I guess he, he we don't know his exact injury status, but he did pull up with what looked like a, a hamstring injury against Everton. And he's I'm, I'm also just completely fed up with Solly March on a personal level. He's 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 been the biggest troll in my FPL team um, probably since the World Cup. Um, but Alexis McAllister, Karen Matoma, and uh, a mention for Pascal Gross as well um, here. Again, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a who's who, really, Andy, isn't it? Like McAllister has better underlying numbers both because he's on penalties but also non-penalty too um gross might end up taking a few more set pieces like corners and, and getting crosses in the box in march's absence but matoma on the eye when he's on it is just he's just an unbelievable football player um so if you don't already have one of these kind of pick your poison really isn't it it is, and we've been saying this for weeks, and I think the only thing that's kept them not on the centre, which we've said before, is the fact that we we can't know exactly which ones are going to play uh, or perform. And if they had, if we, if, if Brighton had a settled eleven, um, we would probably they'd have been off the radar. They'd have been in the centre and then off the radar weeks ago, probably. So it's almost like the mid range here is becoming the, the Brighton, just Brighton midfielder update. Basically it, like, yeah. it feels like they've been on the radar way, way too long now, but it's still worth saying, I suppose, because they have five fixtures in these last three game weeks, which is more than anyone else. So um, you've probably already made your choice, I suppose, is the point there, though. But in case you're thinking of swapping some or you're having to reevaluate or maybe you want to swap out a defender and in a midfielder or something because you don't like the look of these two away fixtures for Brighton in this game week, then, yeah, that I suppose that update Chris has given you might help you with your 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 choice yeah i mean it will simply if you're in my position you own solid march and, and you think you're gonna be out for the rest of the year then yeah time to make a move really isn't it i guess but uh, yeah i mean i again i don't know which one of these i'm going to be going for either i think head says McAllister, heart says matoma which is possibly about right I think, you know looking at the numbers yeah is 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 important obviously but yeah there's something just about matoma that that that, that, that i, I really like watching um moving further further outwards onto the fringe andy of course you could replace an injured solly march with a with a newcastle midfielder uh obviously they've got one less fixture over the course of the season but um you know you'd like to think perhaps they're more guaranteed of minutes you know I've, we've listed joe linton joe willock and jacob murphy here um Underlying numbers aren't really in this lot's favour, but they are relatively affordable. I think Joe Linton is 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 six million. He's by far and away the most expensive. I'm pretty sure Willock is is under five, and Murphy's about four point two. I think um, Murphy's continues to keep Amron out of the team, and you think if he's going to start two games in 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 a double, and he could really be worth a flyer. Um, not the best in front of goal. I think he's hit, been unlucky in the last few games. I hit in the post and hit in the woodwork a few, a few times. Joe Willock has obviously gone on streaky runs before, as has Joe Linton when he's been playing um, out wide. I guess it's whether Joe Linton ends up more as a central midfielder that maybe limits his upside. But I guess the same could be said of Willock too. Um, I think they're rightfully on the fringe because I don't think either of us are necessarily con- considering bringing either of, any of these in. But perhaps we would be if we didn't feel our team had as many holes as our teams currently do. Yeah, and I think Murphy in particular is is a well, I suppose Willock as well is a great enabler if there's if you need to free up money. Um, I think if you get a leak again because this is you know it's still relevant to them that you you could well if you find out that any of them are definitely playing that Leeds game, you want like if Willock is is like number ten against Leeds, like that's great, like that's a that's a fantastic thing. Uh, similar for Murphy if he, if he keeps his place. So, um, 
yeah, the the the, the listen out for the team news. Um, the underlying numbers haven't been bad, have they? I think um, Willock and Murphy are 10th and 11th for XGI, you've said, uh, amongst midfielders yeah. in the last four matches. Um, so, yeah, obviously not like massively high, but they're 4.7 and 4.2 million res- respectively. And they've got lead this week and, and then they've got a second fixture. So, I mean, they're ahead of both Matoma and Grove, which I think is worth mentioning. Not ahead of McAllister, but but yeah, so worth mentioning, I guess, in, in, in that sense for XGI. Yeah, and that's only because McAllister's on penalties, I imagine, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think you could you could certainly do 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 worse than those two, sure. Newcastle's kind of setup is 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 a pretty sort of traditional, I guess, four four three three, right? But they don't really have an out and out sitting midfielder. It feels like Bruno and Joe Linton and or Willock and Sean Longstaff when he plays, they're all kind of interchangeably. Like there isn't really a six there, is there? They're kind of all eights, but only two of them ever go, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it depends which combination are playing, doesn't it? Because Joe Linton can has 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 played there. Obviously, Longstaff's played there. I don't even know if Bruno has ever maybe played in that position. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't feel like they've kind of got a. Uh, they haven't got like a, a Casemiro, right? And and therefore they don't quite have a Bruno Fernandez either. But they they can all kind of do the do the job. They can all creep in into the box, but there isn't necessarily one of them that stands out as like a 10 and yeah, maybe that limits their upside, but also means that any of them could be worth a bit of a flyer or, or you know, I guess you could maybe have Bruno Guimaraes in here as well. Although he, he definitely isn't showing up in the underlyings as much as, as much as the others. So, so yeah, um, you know, again, if you want to take a, take a chance on any of those, particularly two of the cheaper ones, then, then yeah, feel, feel free. Uh, Andy, anyone I mean, else for, Oh, he'll, he's got more. Sorry, no, I, I just, one thing I think it's probably worth mentioning, I, I can't remember if we mentioned with our Isaac and Wilson, um, another reason why it's it's potentially useful to look at these, you know, it sounds a bit rogue maybe having these Newcastle players on the fringe and, and he is obviously dominated by the fact that they, they, they've got a double this week, but also they've got Leicester and Chelsea in the, in the next two game weeks. So it's not like you're just trying to get them for the double, that they've got good fixtures which they could score or, you know, have returns in uh, in, in the weeks following as well. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly Leicester at the minute, who are shipping goals at uh, quite uh, an alarming rate. Um, anyone else, Andy, worth worth mentioning? I mean, I guess we've got um, Bruno and Rashford looking ahead to next game week, where they're on a double. Uh, I know you're not going to be convinced by by United players, but I guess they are the best options if you don't already own them. Um, Bruno, obviously expensive. Rashford already high owned, so I'm, probably doesn't really need mentioning, but. Yeah, I guess there are worse. If you know, if you are really stuck for a transfer and are, and are thinking about planning ahead, I guess there are worse ways places to go than those two. I mean, maybe I I think obviously just you can create as many chances as you want, Bruno. But if no one's going to score them, then it doesn't matter. I I think I, I think he's had a, he's been going under the radar a little bit this year, Bruno. He's been you you you, you he, he's joint top for big chances created at the moment, and and I think. He's been there. He's been up there and about at various different points over the season. I've thought I've considered mentioning him to you for the radar at different points during the season because his underlying numbers haven't been bad. But just there isn't anyone like Rashford's goal scoring has dropped off significantly, and yeah. that's shown for United basically. Like when Rashford doesn't score, it's difficult for us. So um, that that's that's the bigger problem, really. Who's who's going to put the ball in the back of the net at the moment? So, I mean, what, I haven't watched loads of United recently. Is it a case of him creating kind of chances that are sitters that are being missed? Is that is is it that simple almost? Um, not loads of sitters, 
in fairness um i think we've hit the post a few times um and it's just he's on the ball a lot right so like when he passes one to anthony it's not like it's a sitter when anthony's got it but then he cuts inside and like hits the post right yeah. and and or, or but then there has been like there was again against west ham a corner that bruno took and martial is like three yards out it's on his head and he's just completely muffed it um like you got to be scoring it type thing yeah. so yeah there are some examples of those and i guess the same here kind of applies to phil Foden. if you yeah, i guess pep roulette is a little bit more um a bit more of an unknown quantity bruno and rashford should be relatively guaranteed for minutes when united's double comes comes around but but you know phil Foden not playing in the champions league at the minute therefore you'd think premier league minutes are going to be more more likely and they are also obviously on a double next game week so yeah worth thinking about him i guess maybe you could chuck mares and 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 ex city defender in there too yeah i think um you could if you if you get any kind of knowledge about who might be playing for city their fixtures are great and they've got four of them and they look absolutely on fire at the moment don't they Mares has been doing the business in the league even though he's not been getting the chance in the champions league um foden has looked good when he's come on i think he's going to be chomping at the bit and i could see him absolutely see him starting this game week away at everton so um uh, and then yeah City defensive numbers are incredible at the moment, and if you can if you can find out who might be starting for them, then um, we've mentioned them. I think they were higher up, maybe even in the centre of the radar last week or the game week before, maybe. Um, and I guess yeah, I was still just mentioning them there. Anyone else because they're great, and the the, 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 the only problem is 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 who at the moment, isn't it? Quite yeah, and I'm just going to fly the flag quickly for 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 James Madison. I mean, obviously he's on a single this game week, and he's on a single next game week too. But um, yeah, he's definitely the bright spark in, in what Leicester are doing at the minute, and uh, yeah, has the second highest XGI in the game. Although he's had a couple of penalties, but he's creating a lot of chances too. Leicester scoring goals just cannot keep them out at the back. Let's leave it there then, Andy. Let's leave our uh, radar there, and when we return, we will be swimming against the tide. Here at the FPL Lounge, we are keen to hear from you. You can join in the conversation on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. We will preview every game week throughout the season, exploring options for your chips and transfers. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your pods so that you have all the information you need before the game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. Welcome back then. So uh, let's have a quick review, Andy, of last week's Honey Traps. Uh, I believe you said that, that there would be more than five home teams to keep a clean sheet. And uh, you got pretty close. Uh, four one nils, including, I was looking through these. One was particularly rogue. I guess that was the the, the West Ham uh, clean sheet against United that was, that, that was pretty um, maybe unexpected. Um, but but yeah, no elusive fifth for you. But yeah, definitely got closer than definitely got closer than I did with my Harland brace uh, coming up. I mean, he should have had one because uh, Gundogan took it. Well, I think Harland gave Gundogan the, the, the penalty for his hat trick. He ended up missing it, and well, Pep was not particularly impressed. I don't think by by that. But he had a couple of chances as well that that, that didn't end up going in for him. So so yeah, um, could have you know should have would have could have. Yeah, could, could, could have come through on another day, but did not this time round. Swimming against the tide then, Andy. Um, we are swimming against Martin Odegaard being the fourth most transferred in ahead of this game week. Um, I know I was just flying the flag for James Madison, despite him not having a double. But ultimately, if you are going to be making a transfer this week, you're going to be looking at double game week players either this week or next, or in Brian's case, both. Odegaard doesn't have 
that and uh, he has scored a couple of goals recently usually from from distance usually a pretty good finish but that you can't rely on particularly when there are only three game weeks left in this season well, exactly. Yeah, I think this is just overreaction to him having scored goals in recent game weeks. Just because, like you said, just because he scored recently doesn't mean he scores again in the future, unless the underlying numbers are saying that, right? Which they do for Haaland and others. They're absolutely not. He's way, way, way down the list. Um, many, many players across midfield and forward positions who are who are ahead of him. Um, yes, he's been good, and yes, he's been overperforming his numbers because he's a good player, not just because of chance, probably. But, yeah, because he scores from the edge of the box this week, does that mean you can rely on him to do it next week? No, absolutely not. So um, when there are when there are other players who are as good or better than him on the underlying numbers and, and they are quality of themselves and they have an extra fixture than him, it's just um, very happy to swim against that tide, yeah. Do you think uh, in a non-Harland season he might have been for a player that, PFA Player of the Year shout? Uh, not for me, no. I think there's been plenty of other players who've been better than him this year. Uh, Harry Kane has to be up there. Um, I'm struggling beyond that. I think De Bruyne, he always goes under the radar. He does, but it, it, always, it always feels like his Champions League performances stand out more than him in the Prem, maybe. Maybe. Um, I think it'd be, I'd, I definitely think he'd be in the conversation. I think he might have been he might have been unlucky i mean obviously it's going to go to harland right like well it's got it should do um but but yeah i think i think other than kane i think odegaard would be definitely well in the conversation this year so but yeah obviously uh playing well does not make for a uh necessarily a good fpl player and although odegaard's been great this year not enough underlying numbers with no fixtures to support it so happy to swim against that one this game week uh let's move on to captaincy andy and uh this feels like it has to be um, has to be a, a Newcastle player, right? Well, it does for me. I mean, I, you could make a reasonable case for a few others, and we're going to do that. But I just think whichever of Wilson or Isaac you plump for, they've got two bites of cherry, right? At home to Brighton and away at, at Leeds. Um, and of course, I think Kieran Trippier will be in the majority of people's teams, hence why he's not on the radar. But he's starting both those games. And, um, you know, Sam Allardyce's teams aren't notorious for... You've got to think they've got a reasonable clean sheet opportunity against Leeds, right? Well, yeah. And I was going to say in both games, I think, because Brighton are a good team, but Newcastle got a very good defensive record at home. So, you know, it's not as good as it an opportunity as it could be if it was a bet an easier team they were playing but it's still a decent shout at Newcastle at home uh for a clean sheet so so yeah I think Trippier also he he in terms of defenders you know is someone who gets does have some attacking potential right so it's not like attacking returns are completely ruled out with him obviously Wilson and Isaac have a higher ceiling in 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 that front but but you know, they could, they're both starts or minutes risks, whereas Trips is playing probably the whole of both games. Yeah, I think, um, I think Trips over the last four has the second best expected assists in the league um, out of any player in any position. So, yeah, um, even better than Trent, although I think Trent's numbers are better sort of over the, over the slightly longer term. Um, but yeah, yeah, he, Trips hasn't been getting the assists that he was perhaps getting earlier in the year, but it's not for want of trying, basically. He's still, still creating creating chances and, and, and getting decent underlying assist numbers too. So, yeah, I think um, 
He might well be my pick this week. I, I know that you tend to prefer a defensive captain more than I do, but um, but yeah, I think I think I might just set him up in my bus team now, and it probably wouldn't get moved. I don't think, but but yeah, we, we will see. Um, I guess we have to mention Brighton midfielders Andy, but because of the minutes risks and because of their lower underlying numbers than. Than, 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 well, definitely than, than Callum Wilson, um, and also you know two tough away games against Arsenal and Newcastle. Um, yeah, I think they're possibly a little bit mitigated this game week, but definitely need to need to mention them. Um, I would rank Salah on a single game week though ahead of probably both McAllister and Matoma. Um, Lesser obviously shipping goals like no one's business. They can definitely concede a penalty or two as well. Um, and Salah. Although he's not scoring loads of goals at the minute, or at least loads of goals from open play, um, from 12 yards, he's pretty deadly. Yeah, I think Leicester, obviously, wide open, conceding loads. Definitely Salah and any other Liverpool assets could 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 be in for, for a haul here. So, um, yeah, I think, I, I think arguably a better shout than the Brighton ones because it is so tough, there, those two fixtures. Like, if you offered me kind of the heads up bet of like Salah versus Matoma or McAllister, like who's who's likely to score more goals this game week. I mean, I'd, I'd have Salah, I think. Mm. So um, that makes him a better captain shout. Obviously, is he a better captain shout than one of those Newcastle ones? That that becomes much more of a, of a tricky conversation. Yeah. And I guess we've got to mention Harlem because he's so good. But um, yeah, I'm not sure about his minutes this game week. And I think the double, the Newcastle double game week has feel better. Um, but yeah, I guess if many managers are captaining him and he does end up starting and, and returning, that could be quite damaging if you don't if you don't go, go for him. But but yeah, um, I feel like it. I feel like he won't be that popular among active players this game week. I, yeah, I'm not sure what you think. It's hard yeah, like I, to predict the future, but I can't I can't see it. I like because minutes risk, single game. Uh, a lot of people own Salah as well, so. How could it be difficult to justify Haaland over Salah this week? Um, a fresh Salah versus a, a yeah, back on the plane from Madrid Haaland. So it's difficult, isn't it? Because if even if he plays 30 minutes against that Everton team, he could score two goals. He's that good. So not with uh, Yerry Mina back in the fold though. Everton look well considerably tighter. I know they're they're you know, they still consider the fair amount of XG against Brighton, but they looked considerably better without Michael Keane and Jeremina playing. So I mean not necessarily sure that that's gonna affect Erling Haaland, but he would have walked all over Michael Keane, whereas I don't think he's gonna quite walk all over Jeremina in quite the same way. Right, okay, yeah, but he's still a much better player than him. So I'm quite. gonna back Haaland if he's up against Jeremina. Let's leave it there, Andy. Let's finish, as we always do, with a little game we like to call Who the Heck is Stat? Uh, for those that don't know, uh, each week Andy and I take it in turns to pick a player from the FPL universe that has to be owned by 5% of managers and the other person has to guess who it is. If they guess it after the first clue, they get five points. After the second clue, they get four points. And so on and so forth. And each time they hear a new clue, we have two minutes to stick or twist on our previous guests so we don't reveal the answers, answers to the end. So you can play along wherever you are listening to the FPL Lounge podcast. I didn't make a note last week, Andy, but I'm pretty sure you got two points. So I've added two points to your score. I don't think it was a one-pointer. I think it was two. Yeah, I can't remember now. Yeah. 
pretty sure I was, it was, I was too. I was too busy, busy popping the champagne to remember how many points I got. So. Right, yeah, all, the, all, the, all them corks just going off in, in your ear. Um, but that does mean, if we are right, that Andy leads by 13 points. And obviously, the, 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 the championship is on its way to, uh, to, to Cambridgeshire. Um, as well, I think it's yeah, it's already there. I guess it's already been yeah, there for years. I guess exactly. It, it's, Never left my side. Yeah. So you know, Andy, the, the engraver was coming round like sometime this week. I think was he just to just to put the you know. 20, no, I told I told you he was yeah. in a helicopter above mine um, <laughs> right. as we played that final game right, that you yeah, needed yeah. to uh, get the points in. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm playing for uh, what little pride I have left. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's crack on because. Who gives the monkeys? Oh, we all do. It's very important. Everyone should keep listening because this is a really tense part of the show. Yeah. Um, clue number one is this player's eighth season in FPL and they are on for their worst finish in five years. Eighth season, worst finish in five years. Implies maybe that they were a kid then that's come through. Um I'm not sure why I instantly went to Rashford and surely it wouldn't be his worst finish in the last five. But I did go there, didn't I? Um, what about... I was going to say Mares, but then that wouldn't make much sense either. Uh, it feels like it's going to be for one of the bigger sides, though. Um, so... Leeds, probably not anyone with eight years. Newcastle, possibly, but probably not. Villa, can't think of anyone. So it could be a Spurs player. Son hasn't done eight years, has he? Surely. What about Chelsea player? Uh... Eight years for like a chill well. Did he play at Leicester, didn't he? Mm. Doesn't feel likely. Who else could I have at Chelsea? You've got 30 seconds. Um, don't think. Oh, Sterling. Oh, is he 5% owned? I'm, yeah, do you know what? Let's go Raheem Sterling. Well, you've got 10 seconds. So... Yeah, let's go Raheem Sterling. Okay, Sterling. Clue number two. This player has not played all of those seasons for the same club. Who the heck is that? Well, that could maybe be him. Um, I said Son a minute ago, didn't I? That would rule him out. Sterling's obviously played for three, eight years. Maybe more than that for him. I'm pretty sure this would be his lowest output for for a while, but we're really looking at like when he was at Liverpool, aren't we? For him to not be getting many points. Um, any City players? Gundo that probably hasn't done eight years, has he? Kyle Walker. He feels like he's done more than eight. Hasn't played for the same club, and that would fit for him. And he 
wasn't a regular at Tottenham, was he, for a while? Is he owned by 5% of managers, though? That would be a bit of a stretch, wouldn't it? Uh, who else could we have? Um, oh, I haven't really thought about Arsenal, have I? Arsenal got a lot of high-owned players, but not many that would have done eight, eight years, I wouldn't have thought. Jorginho, maybe. You've got 30 seconds. I think I'm going to stick, mate. Please. Stick? I'm going to sure? stick with Raheem. Yeah, please. Okay. Sticking with Raheem. Okay. Clue number three. This year's projected points total is a result of both this player's worst attacking output and clean sheet rate for the past five years. Um, so not Raheem Sterling then. I don't even know if he's listed as a midfielder in this game, but there is obviously the unwritten rule that we don't mention clean sheets if it's not a defender or a goalkeeper. And I'm guessing the attacking output means that it is a defender. So I'm instantly drawn next to Andy Robertson, who would have done some seasons in the Prem with Hull. Lack of clean sheets and bad, less attacking output would make some sense. Um, Arsenal defenders, it could be. Oh, they've had a lot more clean sheets. It's probably not likely to be them. Chelsea. Chelsea, James, Chilwell. I do wonder if it could be Chilwell. Obviously, with Leicester, but eight years feels a lot for him. Man United, maybe Luke Shaw, but I don't think it's going to be. He's had lower points totals in the last five years than this year, I would have thought. City, obviously, it could be Walker, but he's never been that much of an attacking player. And also, will, probably hasn't lacked clean sheets when he started, but you didn't say it was lack of starts that's caused his points total to drop. You've got 30 seconds. Tottenham, not really known. Yeah, I'm going to switch to Robbo, please. Switch to Robbo, okay. Oh, I'm starting to think it could be Van Dyke. No, I'll switch to Robbo, please. Okay. Yeah, well, you, yeah we need yeah. an answer. So Yeah, I'll switch to Robbo. Okay, clue number four. This player has two players at his club in the same position who are higher owned than him. Mm. That makes me think it is a Liverpool defender. <laughs> but which one? Um, at the same club in the same position. So Arsenal will have more than more than three defenders eligible for the game, but none that have done eight years and none that I can think of that have switched teams apart from Zinchenko and he won't be on his lowest ever finish for five years. Chelsea might do, but I think the same applies. Chilwell's got to be the highest owned Chelsea defender and if it's not, it's Reese James, so I can't think of another one. City will have more, but Diaz has only played for City. Stones has played for Everton, I suppose, but it won't be his lowest output for five years. 
Walker it could be, but I don't think it's going to be eligible. Ake, don't think it'll be as low as for five years. So, yeah, it's it's down to Robbo or Van Dyke, and it's which one I think is, is lower owned. And I guess for the purposes of trying to maximise the amount of points I get, it would be foolish to switch. So I'm going to stick with Andrew Robertson, please. Well, you have 30 seconds. Yeah, so. I'm just going to stick, mate. Thanks. Okay, stick in with Andy Robertson. So the final clue then, this player was an ultimate final guess for you, i.e. the person you ended up going for in a who the heck is stat earlier this season. And then it turned out to be Van Dyke, didn't it? <laughs> I th- I th- I th- what, um, yeah, I think I'm getting, I think I'm getting deja vu. I think I'm getting deja vu. This isn't great for an audio medium, but I'm very silent, contemplative with my head in my hands. And it it, it doesn't even matter. That's the worst thing about this right now is it doesn't even matter. I mean, I've successfully managed to cause Chris Hopkins pain, even though, yeah, the stakes are non-existent. <laughs> if you could see his face, listeners, uh, it is str- he's struggling. He's struggling. I'm, I'm pretty sure I picked Robbo earlier in the year and it ended up being Van Dyke. But obviously that seed of doubt in me now thinks that I picked Van Dyke and it ended up being Robbo. And I just can't remember. And every year we've said we'll keep track of who we who we pick in this in these games, and we don't. So there's nothing. There's no way for me to even go and think about it. So I, yeah, it just I'm just gonna have to stick now. It's it's one of them two. I can't remember which one. I think I. You've got thirty seconds. I think the answer was Robbo, and I picked Van Dyke. Oh, it doesn't matter, does it? Right, I'm sticking with Robbo. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm sticking with Robbo. Yeah, that, is that your final? Yeah, 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 it's my final. Yeah, yeah. We need you got ten seconds, so we need not. So yeah, sticking with Andy Robertson. And so what happened last time was there was I think we I was giving you clues if I remember rightly about their clean sheets and a uh, number of years in the league and both those things were very similar I think something to do with starting prices as well which had been similar and it, as it turned out there'd been a lot of comparisons between the two so it's understandable why you why you got mixed up but there was something that differentiated them I, I can't remember now what it was yeah but you did pick Robbo at the time and it was ultimately Van Dyke right then so you are correct this time it is for three points Andrew Robertson I can't believe I thought I was taking you down that path and that would help you uh to get some points here but it's actually in a cruel twist ended up managing to cause you more pain despite having already lost the title before you said this last that last clue I was about to basically say that clue back to you I was like I feel like I've been here before with these two (laughs) and it turns out I, I actually thought it was last season but it turns out no, it was this year. It was early this year, yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless I'm wrong, unless I'm, rem- I didn't go back. No, and check no, you could be right. I think I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, um, 
yeah, it's a long old season, isn't it? And and yeah, you're right. It must have been a bit earlier in, in it, but. Oh, well, yeah, three points. I mean, obviously, worst finish. Obviously, Liverpool not had a great year. Um, yeah, not exactly, like you said, Hull not played for for the, for the same club. Yeah, he's got his lowest clean sheets and uh, assists and goals as than than previous years. And yes, it's Trent and Van Dijk who are, who are higher, higher owned than him. So, um, yeah, Andy Robertson. Yeah, great. I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, I don't know, but uh, is, is Van Dijk's attacking output lower this year than... The, the normal because obviously he played for two uh, prem teams as well, hasn't he? So, I mean, it's not not massively. He's got four, but but because he doesn't get many, right? The difference yeah, with Robbo yeah. is he usually gets loads. Like Van Dyke's got four so far this season. He ended with six last yeah, year. He ended with yeah. one the year before, seven the year before that. Well, he was so, the year before to be in his defence on Well, but, true, yeah. But I guess I guess that also, if I thought about it, it wouldn't make it. Because he would have obviously had a considerably lower points total that year than this. True. So if I had thought about it and thought about Van Dyke's injury, it would have obviously led me to Robbo, and then I could have not had all of that, all of that suffering that I've just gone through. Um, but yeah, oh well, there we are, there we are. Wonderful, wonderful, nice to finish this. Well, not finish the season because I guess we've still got uh, a go each. Yes. Yeah, still got a go yeah. each. So, yeah. Um, It'd be nice for me to keep it like under 10, I think, at the, uh, now. Um, so that's what, bettering you in the final game week. Yeah. That, yeah. That, would be, that, that would be nice. That would be nice. But, um, yeah, it's a small victory at this point. I'm basically end, uh, making up my own my own game just to keep myself entertained. Uh, anyway, Andy, let's leave it there. And, uh, yeah, if our managers have, or our managers, if our listeners have any questions about what they should do and who to transfer and where they may even get a game week 36 leak from, how can they get in touch? They can find us on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. And yes, we're coming towards the summer, the end of the season, but do get in touch with us. Do let us know how you're enjoying the podcast. Me and Chris have been doing this a long time now. And sometimes, you know, are we speaking into the ether or does anyone actually listen? I mean, we get numbers that tell tell us people are listening to this, right? And in fairness, the handful of people that I know personally listen to it do bring it up with me every now and again. That you know that they that they listen to it. But yeah, just be lovely to know if you're if you're one of those out there and you are actually benefiting from this pastime of mine and Chris's that we absolutely, have. absolutely. And if you and if you're watching Eurovision, let us know as well because it's going to be a festival of music on on Saturday. Uh, we will be back uh, to. Towards the end of the next game week, Andy, although I'm not sure if we'll be able to record after the the conclusion of the game. We might have to record before. Um, but yeah, we'll be back probably in your podcast feed either late next Thursday or early on a Friday morning. Uh, so Andy, until then. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge.